Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. So we've been in this series, and I need to hit the ground running today. We've been having fun uh, in this series called The Glory Shown. It's our Christmas series. And, and, uh, and Pat Toner really gave me some insight this week about revival that's going on in Whatcom County. And so I was really excited. He said to me, Andy, aren't you excited about all the, all the, all the glory and the revival? I'm like, what are you talking about? And I didn't say that. I'm like, yeah, I am. Of course I am. I, there's great things. And I'm like, can you tell me specifically? And he's like, well... There's been a whole lot of, of those roundabouts being built and put in in all the roads. And I'm like, what? He's like, you know, the glory shown roundabout. <laughs> Hallelujah! So we're, we're petitioning the city of Ferndale to put in a roundabout right here, Pat, so we can have the glory roundabout us. Listen, that was a good one. I just had to share that. Now we're going to turn to the Word. So you bow with me. Father God, we receive the Word as our ultimate source of truth we bow our opinions we bow our thoughts we bow uh, anything anybody else says to the word of god and we receive it to sharpen and transform and renew and change us in any and every way and so in the name of jesus we say amen amen, amen. so listen um like i said we've been in this series and i you know i I uh, kind of outlined this series with the Lord uh, quite a while ago, and I was, I've been really excited. Here's my normal process, and I want you into my, my dialogue so you kind of find out what's going on here. Uh, when I'm preparing for, for Sunday, I, I, I get in the presence of the Lord. I spend time in the Word, and I spend time in worship, and I just, I just rest there, and I ask Him some questions. I say, Father, I, I want a prophetic word. Give me a, a word of knowledge. Give me something, the word you want to speak to the church this week. And, and so I was doing that this week. And I, I'm just praying, and I felt the Lord speak to me just one word, and it was peace. And so I'm like, peace, oh, peace is good. I can see how that fits in with Christmas. That's perfect. But you see, I had planned to speak about the three wise men this week. And when they saw the star, and they followed the light, fit right in with the glory shown. And so I got up, I pulled out my, my computer, and I start, okay, Lord, how, how does peace fit in with the wise men? And, and I'm pushing through. And have you ever tried to pull like one of those radio speed wagons or something across a beach or a sand dune? Or better yet, let me show you this picture. This will help you have a better understanding. Like, try to push a grocery cart across sand. That is what I felt like. Like, I'm like, all right, God, and I'm, I'm trying to make this message come together, and this is not the normal process. Normally, it's quite the opposite. Like, I'm trying to run to keep up with what the Lord is speaking. And, and, uh, and I'm, so I'm in there, and I'm, I'm like, come on, God. I'm like, and, and I say to him, and this is all within my, you know, within my, my head and within the Lord. I'm speaking to him. And I'm like, Lord, when are you going to start helping me with this? What's the deal here? And the Lord spoke to my heart something very clear. He said, do you want my yoke on you or do you want me to join you in yours? And I'm like, oh, uh, I want to join you in yours. I want your yoke on me, Lord. And, and he said, then join me in what I'm doing. Amen. And so, I, I kid you not, so in that moment, 
joy just filled my heart. And I started laughing there in my office. And, and from that point on, I'm like, the kings and the wise men, they headed back east. I don't know where they went. Because I'm like, you're gone, wise men, you're done. Because I'm following what the Lord's doing. And there was joy. And it, I, was, I was trying to catch up with him. So I just want you to understand that like, that's the process of hearing from the Lord. You know it's you when you're forcing something and when you're running through the sand. But, but when you receive something from the Lord, you're like, oh, that couldn't have come from, I'm coming with you. Right? And that's my, that's, I would never stand up here without a, a word I believe came from the Lord. But that, all that to say, the, uh, the, the wise men have, have headed out. They've headed back east. And we're going to join the Lord in what he wants to say to us about peace. So I went immediately and I, started, I looked at that, at that verse in Matthew where he's, he's talking about take, take my yoke upon you. And because that's where the Lord is, was speaking. That's what he was saying. And we're going to look at that today. And I, I think most of you understand what a yoke is. But if you don't, this is what a yoke looks like. You stick a pair of animals in that thing and they pull your plow on the basic level. But many of us amazing Christians, we view it, okay, yeah, there's two slots in my yoke, and so I'm pulling and I'm pulling, and, I'm like, and you're like, come join me, Jesus, in what I'm doing. Come on! I have wonderful plans for your life, Jesus. Follow me! Right? And that's, that's how we... And, and I'm, I want to I make it very clear. If there's an area of your life that you feel like you're pushing a grocery cart through loose sand there could be a possibility that you are trying, you've picked up your yoke again and you're demanding Jesus join you in that. And he's saying, listen, come join me in my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Amen. You see, our yokes look more like this. There's one spot in my yoke for me. And if I got my head in there, there's no room for anyone else or Jesus. Come on, let's get, this, let's get this cart across the beach. And Jesus is saying, come to me. Take my yoke upon you. Not demand me to join you in, 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 in your yoke. I want to go back to this. Because during the time of Christ, when Jesus was born, the Romans ruled the land, right? Rome was the name of the game. You should all know that. Okay, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. I could probably quote the whole thing from the children's program, which was fantastic. Caesar, he had issued a decree that a census should be taken of all the Roman world. Okay? A census is a tax. You're counting people, you're charging them. And, you, and here's what, this is, I'm not making this up. What the Romans would do when they conquered a land, whether it be Germania, whether it be uh, the kingdom of Israel, any of those places, they would wage the war, they would conquer the people, and then they would pull out a yoke. And they would symbolically have everybody pass under their yoke. The leadership, any remaining leadership, any re remaining military officials, anybody, uh, they would pass under the yoke of Rome, and what Rome was saying to them is, you are now under our yoke. You're, we're, you're ours. And this was a humiliation. It was a submission. And, it, it was, and this is the time that Christ was born into. The time of the Roman rule. Yoke. They knew what a yoke was. They knew very clearly who, who they were under, which is why they were begging for a Messiah to show up. We, need, we, want, to, we want to be in charge again. Now, they didn't understand that. That was the whole idea. We want, we want the Messiah to come so we can be in charge again, so we can say, all right, Messiah, saddle up. I got a wonderful plan for your life. 
And here we are 2,000 years ago, and we often say the exact same thing to Jesus. Saddle up! i got a wonderful plan for your life. So, Jesus turns to us in the book of Matthew, and he tells us to come under his yoke. And I'm going to set the context here, and then we're going to read it. But in that, it, it, when Jesus was talking in Matthew chapter 11, we're going to read verses 28 through 30. But right leading up to that, this wasn't hippy-dippy, bunny-sniffing, flower-hugging but Jesus talking. Okay, A lot of us get this, that's who Jesus was. He sniffed flowers and hugged bunnies and blessed the children. <laughs> he might have done those things too. But in this context, I want to tell you, leading up to this, oh, beautiful, oh, oh the yoke is easy, the burden is light. Here's what he was saying to them. He says, Woe to you, Bethsaida. Woe to you, Chorazon. If the miracles performed in you had performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And then he'll tell you it will be more bearable for the day of Tyre and Sidon on Judgment Day than for you. Woe to you, Capernaum. Will you be lifted up to the heavens? No. You will go down to hell. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. You understand, like, there would have been a tension when he spoke these words. Right? It wasn't just, oh, woe to you. Yeah, that's right, woe to you. Smell the lilies. There would have been a tension. Jesus never leaves us in that tension. But he's okay with that tension if you need it. Because it will, force, it will force action. It will force a decision to you. And so he brings them into this moment of tension. He's like, no, it'll be more bearable for Tyre. You'll go down to hell if this is the way you're choosing to live. If, if you've seen all this and yet you, ch you choose not to do this. And then he says, I praise you, Father, for you've, you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this is what you are pleased to do. And then he launches into the verse we like. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and just listen to this verse as if Jesus were speaking it to you today in 2018. Maybe you're here today and you feel, you still feel like you're pushing that cart through sand. You still feel like, like you know, you, I've seen these wonderful things, but I'm so full of anxiety and depression and loneliness and fear. And all. Ah! Listen to the voice of God. You just close your eyes and listen. Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Oh, praise the Lord. That is what the yoke of Jesus feels like. That is how you know you're walking in the light of Jesus. The temptation is like, we do this, oh, and I receive Jesus. Amen, praise the Lord, I'm in. And now I'm going to go back over to my yoke and pick that back up. I literally just threw it down and said I'm coming to Jesus. But now I'm going to, okay, Jesus, let's get going. And Jesus is like, you said yes to my yoke. Saddle up. 
we got some adventures to go on. Because he's not, he's not bringing you into a rest and laying on a hammock and be like, hey, Kesara, Sarah, Jesus is in control. He's bringing you into a vibrant, you don't know what's coming next kind of relationship, adventure of life. It's a called abundant life. It's full of peace and joy and, and unexpected turns. Can anyone say amen to that? But if you go back to the source, you will receive the peace. His yoke only has one available spot, and it, 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 he's inviting you to come into it. The adventure, the gift. Okay, speaking of gifts, I know you're excited. Every week it's a new adventure of gifts here at Welcome New Life. And today, you know, in second service I get to rip the paper. It's so great. But uh, today we're going to open up this gift quickly and, uh, and see what we have in store. I need a spot for it. You're going to like this one. Zeb, get excited. <gasps> Some of you are like, I don't know what that is. All right, I'll give you a close-up of it right here. This is called a lamp. All right, this is, a, this is what they would use in ancient Israel for a lamp. And I have this verse. It says this, Matthew 6, 22 through 23. And so we're going to read that here quickly. It says this, Matthew 22. Uh, Matthew 6, 22, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay, this is about to get really, really good. Okay? This verse can be a little confusing. In that first read, you might just skip right on because our concept of lamps is completely different than their concept of lamps and what Jesus was talking about. My concept of a lamp is this, this uh, thing I put a light bulb in, I walk over to the corner and I flip the switch and boom, light! And a lamp is giving light, right? Am I the only one who has that concept of a lamp? I think, I, I think not. And so you get to this and you're like, how can an eye be a lamp because the eyes take things in and unless you're on one of those creepy horror films with glowy eyes my eyes don't glow in the dark they don't provide any light but i want you to look at this verse in the context of the way jesus was presenting it to these folks the eye is the lamp of the body a lamp's job is to give light 2,000 years ago, this is what a lamp looked like. Now, if I went to the clay store and bought myself a nice new clay lamp, they could even give me a nice little wick to stick in that thing. It's not ready to burn. If I take that lamp home and I stick it on my shelf, I can stick the wick in there, I light it up, and that wick will burn, but it will burn fast, and in 30 seconds to a minute, the wick's gone. Why? Because lamps only give light if there's something put in it. If there's something put in it. And in, 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 in this time, 2,000 years ago, with a lamp like this, you would pour olive oil into the lamp. The olive oil would, would, would get that wick all moist, and then you'd light the wick, and it would burn for hours and hours because it's burning up the fuel of the olive oil. But even then, you had to keep going back and adding more olive oil because eventually it burned out. That's what a lamp does. It takes the fuel and it burns and it provides light. It is useful. It is helpful. 
I had this, this uh, picture up earlier. In Israel, we got to go to a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, in, in, in Jesus' time, of course, there's still olive trees there. But the, the, Mount, the Mount of Olives, the Garden of Olives, all surrounding there. And on that mountain, there was a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. The word Gethsemane means the place of pressing. The place of pressing. Why? Because up there in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed on the night he was betrayed, that's where they would take their bundle of olives, they would pour them on that pedestal, and then they would have tied the first rock and start using the pulley system to add the weight of that rock. And it would crush the olives, and the oil would pour out the sides. And they would take that first pressing, and they would take it, and it was anointing. They would take it to the, to the temple, and it was used to anoint. Then they would add the sec- they'd keep the first rock at- attached. They would add the second rock, and they would do the pulley system, and the wa- oil would pour out. That second pressing was to eat. That was for my food, for my cooking. And then they'd do it again. A third rock. They would, pu- they would put the rock on. They'd do the pulley system, and that pressure would crush the olives even more, and the oil that came out of there was for your lamps. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, in the garden of the pressing was crushed for our iniquities. And that oil of anointing that spilled out of, his, out of his prayer and out of his agony there in the garden became the fuel, the anointing, and, and, and the food for us to eat. That's his yoke. He gave it freely. It, didn't co- it cost him dearly. And he gave it freely in the place of the pressing. That's the Jesus we serve. That's the the Jesus who calls you and says, hey, you know what? Take my yoke on you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That is what his yoke looks. And and listen, yes, I receive Jesus. I receive, oh, yes, oh, it's so good. But if I do not go back for more, that... I'm supposed to be a shining city on a hill. I'm supposed to... I'm the light of the world, he says. Light is meant to give off, to burn, to to be useful. And if I don't go back for more, I am in grave danger. I am in grave danger. Remember what that verse said? It says, if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? How great is that darkness? How does my lamp, filled, oh, I'm filled with good things, I'm filled with Jesus, how does it become empty? What did we talk about last week? Darkness is not something, it's the absence of something. Yay, I get saved when I'm five years old, which I did. If I were trying to minister out of my five-year-old salvation experience, this would be a very short service. I used up that oil a long time ago. Don't get me wrong. I'm still saved. I asked Jesus and I'm good. But I'm not good if you understand what I'm saying. I got to go to the source. It's meant to be a continual returning. The source never runs out, but I do. I have to go back and refill the oil. Oh, I need it. And so today, quickly, and next week, I'm going to give you some essential oils to fill your lamp none of none of this walmart stuff we're doing doTERRA only all right (laughs) walmart walmart brand essential oils those are the great darkness oils all right 
Praise the Lord. <laughs> so the first essential oil that I want to give you, and the one we're going to cover today, is very simple. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Actually, here we go. The word of God, living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Fill that thing up. Now I got some fuel for my faith. Your faith is dry? Get back to the word. Listen, I absolutely love prophecy. I love word of knowledge. I love hearing from the Lord. I told you this morning that, that I heard from God this week. Okay? But here's the deal. If I'm not a student of this, if I'm not somebody who's feasting in this and refilling, you know what? My thoughts and my opinions and my high and lofty ideas start to sound pretty good. And my reception gets really fuzzy. And trust me, I thought, I felt, oh, this is a word from the Lord. And, and then I'm like, wait a minute, it doesn't line up with Scripture. You know what I do then? I don't give the word. Because somehow I've messed up in the process. But if I don't know this, I could stand, I could launch off on anything and be like, you have lost it. If you are not a student of this, you shouldn't be a student of that. This is the word of God given to us. And yes, uh, we will listen and we'll go after it, but we are going to feast on this. Because if we run dry, if listen, if my social media platform becomes my oil, how great is that darkness? Am I burning the opinions of others that sound wonderful or my opinions that all of a sudden that really makes sense? You know, in my culture, how dare we, we, we be like this? And even though the word says this, I'm gonna, this is, that's darkness. I got to fill up with this or I'm in big trouble. I'm in danger. My wicks are going to snuff out because all of a sudden, my high and lofty opinions. If I spend more time watching, watching the news, listening to talk radio, than I do feasting in here, this is our absolute source of truth. Well, I'm going to feast on three hours of, of news when I get home from work. I will soon begin to think that that opinion, because our news is all opinions these days, I will start to think that opinion is really good. And it makes a lot of sense. And all of a sudden, the light within me becomes great darkness. Jesus says his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And if you look at this, and you're like, oh, reading the Bible, that sounds hard. Can I just testify to you? I was never a reader. This saved my reading. I got a degree in English from, from college because I read the Bible when I was, started reading when I was 12. And I want to tell you to this day, it, it is a joy to me. It is a feast to me. Now, have I read the same thing several times? Absolutely. And every time, it, oh, that's something new and that's good. It nourishes me. My, my week this week, I, I looked at it from the start of it and I'm like, wow, oh, and, and you know that anxiety? That's true. I have so much, I, I don't know if I can do this. For, oh, ah! And I sat there and I started to feast on the word Monday morning. And I said this to the Lord. I said, 
I refuse to stress about anything this week. I refuse to take that anxiety, and I said, Jesus, you can take it all, as, you can stress about it as much as you want to, but I'm going to choose not to. And so each day, I would I'd start and I would feast in this. And I, I, I several times came to that meeting with the Lord in the Word full of anxiety. And I'm like, I can't do that. And Lord, and I, every time, every time, oh, and smile and peace and joy. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. You need to burn this. This is an essential oil for you. And if you, if you look at it as a burden, give it a try anyway. I want I to get something really practical to you. This, this is not a fancy leather-bound copy of the Bible. This is called the One Year Bible. The year in 2019 starts pretty soon. You can get on Amazon a one-year Bible for about 17 to 20 bucks. You can get it in, the, you can get it in King James, NIV, NLT. It's, it's good. And I'm telling you, this has been so much fun. You read from the Old Testament, you read from the New Testament, you read some of the Psalm, and you read a proverb every day. Yeah. And I find, I find nourishment every day. So buy one of these for your friends, for yourself, for everybody. Let's, let's, get, let's get Amazon sold out. <laughs> yes, I'll receive the, uh, the honorarium for Amazon. Thank you very much. <laughs> Kidding, they're not paying me for this. It is a burden, it is a yoke, that is light. It is life. And it will nourish you. And all of a sudden, your opinions and your, all of these things will be like, okay, Lord, this is so... Because in my opinions, I, how often do my strong-held opinions give me any sort of a peace? I can sit there and stew over how other people don't agree with, oh, and I get, I'm mad. But, but it doesn't bring me peace. What does? The Word of God. Amen. This, one, this one doesn't make sense because I think this, and he's like, do you want, do you want my yoke or do you want me to come into your yoke? You want me to take your yoke on me? He already took your yoke. He took it to the cross. He destroyed it. He burnt it. So stop looking for it again. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The author and finisher, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And without his oil, your wick will soon burn up. I need to be done. But I do want to say this. We're going to have a moment here where you, just between you and the Lord, you and the Holy Spirit, you just want to bow your heads and just, just let the Lord speak to you. Because I want to give you an opportunity to, uh, to take that yoke back off of yourself. Nobody should walk out of this place full of dread and anxiety and fear because that, that's your yoke that is, is not supposed to be. He's, he, wants to take, he wants you to take his yoke. And I also want, if you, came, if you came in here today and you've never bowed to Jesus, you've never taken His yoke on you, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, today is your day as well. And I'm going to ask you, with every, your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I'm just going to ask you to respond with a quick hand up. That way I know I'm talking to somebody here. And so we'll start with, this, with, with the first one and then, and then we'll all pray together. But if there's anybody here today and you have never bowed to Jesus and you want to receive that 100% forgiveness of your sins and you want to receive His yoke on you, if you just raise your hand quickly where you're at, amen, praise the Lord, amen. Anyone else? Praise Jesus. Now the rest of us, 
I assume you're, you've, you've accepted Jesus. And I'm going to invite you today, if there's an area of your life that you feel like you're pushing a shopping cart through a sandy beach, and you want to lay that down and go with Jesus on his journey, just prophetically, in your, just raise your hand as a sign of, Father, I'm throwing this off right now. And money, whatever it is, stress, anxiety, fear of my future, I'm throwing it all to you. And Jesus, we receive your yoke. Let's pray together. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you. I give my life to you. I confess the name of Christ. I receive forgiveness. I receive your righteousness. And Jesus, I throw my yoke down. And I come to join you. I take your yoke upon me. And I smile. Because it is light. It is easy. And this journey is now our journey. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, you would bless and seal each person here. Lord, that, that anybody who looks down again to grab that old yoke, Father, would hear your voice looking at them from saying, saddle up with me. We want your yoke, not ours. And we receive a yoke that is easy, a burden that is light. And we receive the peace that passes our understanding to guard our hearts and our minds. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.